Thorn Dryad. Elisa gazed out into the foggy expanse of swampland that lay about them. The day was overcast but bright, as though the sun were trying, without success, to pierce the veil of cloud which hung low above them. Such weather was commonplace near to the high plateau, that vast raised table of land which hung above them in the distance, a great shadow in the north, a bulk perceptible even through the haze. From the center of the plateau flowed myriad creeks and rivulets, fed by a deep and fecund aquifer. These streams rolled over the high ledge of the mesa, cascading down in some places like rain, and in other places as a torrent, soaking the earth below with a constant mist. For good reason it had earned the old elfin name, Ruse Tairn, the Rain Tower. This was the third day they had been camped in this spot, and Alyssa sat on a fallen log, which had by now become as familiar as her favorite easy chair in her study at Tajmere Hall. One of the carriage's wheels had shattered against a large stone that had lain unseen on the path. This was no fault of their able coachman Netcher, for the fog had been nigh impenetrable that day, though he did take the matter personally. Sitting, Alyssa felt as though she should be more impatient, more restless. But there, in those mist-shrouded marshlands, she could summon no sense of urgency. The occasional spindly tree reached its claws skyward, as if to try and steal a fistful of sunlight. Clumps of tawny grass found purchase here and there in the wet, dark loam. A lone crow flew by overhead, a black cutlass soaring through the bright white sky. Their present circumstance, she realized, granted her a distance from her normal duties as a queen. There was nothing to be done, and she savored the time spent in this gentle and unexpected purgatory. Durkey had joined Gwarth and Negwin in a game of Chantillions, which he seemed to be enjoying thoroughly despite his losing streak. Netcher worked seriously at his repairs to the wagon wheel, which he assured them would be fixed before sunup the next day. Alyssa had strolled past him earlier that morning to survey the progress. Perhaps it was his clericon pride in craftsmanship showing through, but the wheel was now looking like it could withstand the impact of a mountain, let alone a stone. Elisa stood and made her way to the coach, which was now propped up on the side missing the wheel, with a large piece of wood Gwarth had forged and cut from the surrounding forest. She rummaged through her bag, and taking several items, set off towards the edge of the camp, heading in the direction of the sound of moving water. They had been lucky enough to break down near the crossing of one of the many waterways which coursed from the high plateau, and it was towards this small river she now walked. Glancing back towards the camp, she saw everyone was thoroughly occupied. Good, thought Alyssa. A little privacy. She had left her shoes at camp and enjoyed the feeling of spongy black earth beneath her feet as she walked. Soon, the mist obscured any sight of their encampment, and she relished the sudden feeling of escape and anonymity which dawned on her. The little river materialized before her, slow and sandy and inviting. 
She strolled to the bank and dipped a foot into the water. Though the day was cool, the water that met her toes had a gentle warmth to it. Durkee, after having consulted one of the many maps he had packed for the journey, informed them that a number of waterways in the area were fed by hot springs flowing from the high plateau. Alyssa was delighted to have found one such river, and after giving the obligatory glance around, proceeded to undress. She slipped into the water with a silent grace, reveling in the subtle heat that encompassed her. The river was shallow and slow-moving, and her feet sunk down into the coarse sand which covered the bottom. She took a deep breath and plunged her head under the water. There, submerged in the silty darkness of this unknown waterway, her cares relented, borne away on the gentle current. Her head broke the surface of the water, and she looked out across the river, her eyes nearly level with its calm surface. Water dripped from the dark twists of her hair, and she watched wisps of steam curling up to evaporate in the air. Looking down the river in either direction, a haze of mist obscured things beyond a short distance. It was quiet here, and the fog seemed to dampen stray sounds that might normally echo through a forest. It was in this silence that Alyssa heard a slight stirring in the water, coming from the far bank, further downstream. She sank lower in the water, so that just her eyes and the top of her head were visible. Slowly, she began to edge her way towards the shore, feet carrying her across the silty river bottom, her gaze still fixed in the direction of the sound. Suddenly, there, alone in this unfamiliar wilderness, she felt quite foolish. As comfortable as she was with some of the wilder parts of the green country, she was in an area largely unknown to her. She knew not what animals roved through these murky forests, let alone what wayward folk might make their rough homes in these lonely outskirts. Through the coils of steam, she was soon able to make out the vague figure of someone who seemed to be wading into the water. Alyssa squinted a bit and could see it was a woman. This gave her some measure of relief, and she rose up a bit, and gave a small wave, calling out through the fog. Hello, she offered, wanting to alert the stranger to her presence. The woman froze there in the water and scanned the river in search of the source of the voice which had surprised her. It was then that Alyssa saw there was something strange about her, though what she could not say. She gave another wave and called again. Over here! A strong, slow breeze blew through the woods then, spiraling the mists and parting the rising steam that the river effused so constantly. In this shifting opening of clarity, Alyssa saw the woman fully as she stepped forward, moving deeper into the river. Their eyes locked, and there occurred a moment of alien recognition between the two of them. Alyssa's breath caught as she regarded this woman whose skin was a shade of pale jade, whose hair twined like climbing vines the color of fall leaves. The woman stepped forward again, waters swirling around her, and though she was now only visible from the shoulders up, Alyssa could make out a profusion of thorns patterning her skin. They regarded each other intensely, in part out of a mutual curiosity, and soon there blossomed between them an unspoken understanding. The bethorned dryad smiled slightly, and then plunged into the water, immersing herself, 
just as Alyssa had done only minutes before. It dawned on her then that she had been standing stock still since the appearance of this woodland stranger, and she relaxed, leaning back into the water to once more relish its warmth. Raising her arm from the steaming bath, Alyssa took notice of the spiraling, twisting, tattooed lines which adorned her own skin, and couldn't help but feel a strange kinship with her companion. The woman lazily swam, watching Alyssa with unabashed interest, and so Alyssa felt comfortable doing the same. Though she had met a number of those folk of the lost house over the course of her lifetime, the intensity of their presence was something which always dimmed in her recollection of their memory, and Alyssa was transfixed by the stranger's otherworldly beauty. Lines of elegant thorns traced a graceful pattern across her moss-green skin, and those eyes that looked back into hers were wide and deep and seemed to contain all the life of the forest within them. A profusion of vine-like hair fell in cascades across her shoulders, and it too was beset with many a thorn and leaf. Though dappled with countless pin-sharp spines, there was nothing of violence about the dryad, only a peaceful elegance. There they swam in the waters and mists for a span of time, which might have been eternity revealing itself in a gesture of benefaction to kindly grace their unlikely acquaintance. And then, as all things have a beginning and so an end, soon enough it was time for Alyssa to make her way back to camp. Her traveling companions would take note of her absence and come searching if she was gone too long, and she didn't want to spoil the watery meditations of her green sister. She emerged from the water and stood for a moment on the river bank, drying herself with a cloth she had carried there. Her friends still lazed in the misty waters, watching Alyssa with relaxed interest. She dressed and turned to look at the woman in the water, who met her gaze and smiled. Alyssa smiled too, and then made her way back towards the camp through the mists, bare feet on cool, yielding earth. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!